Joe Burrow is the most difficult player to evaluate in Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues. Find out why on this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. You can also read her at Pro Football Focus, Yahoo, and Behind the Steel Curtain. On today's show, we're going to be discussing the players that are the most difficult to value in your dynasty leagues. And we're going to start with Joe Burrow, who I just can't figure out as QB6 in my dynasty leagues. I love watching the player. Where should he be ranked, Kate? Here's the thing, Marcus. Obviously, you look at his performance when he is fully healthy, right? And uh, you would think that when he is fully healthy, that absolutely fully justifies his position as QB6 in Dynasty League startups. But we're going to see, I think, a very – or we have the potential to see a very different season coming out of Joe Burrow because, Marcus – there's a lot in flux here in the Cincinnati Bengals offense. First of all, is the departure of their offensive coordinator, which we mm-hmm. know can have big impacts on the quarterback position, especially for, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe Burrow's never played with another offensive coordinator I don't so. no. uh, at the with the Cincinnati Bengals. Like that could be huge in and of itself. Making those adjustments between offenses can be a, a you know, a hurdle, Uh, not to say that that's a long, long time hurdle, but it can be a hurdle for some. You also have the potential departure of T Higgins, who, you know, obviously is going to hit free agency. There's been talk that he could return to Cincinnati, but I've said it before. I think asking him to return to Cincinnati, even if the Bengals are willing to match a price that he can get elsewhere, you're paying him to be the one B you are not paying him to be your top wide receiver. And we know wide receivers in this league, they want the ball, baby. They don't want to be the one B they want to be the one a, especially a guy with T Higgins talent. I have it. I I, I just, I find it so hard to believe that he wouldn't want to explore free agency. Maybe they give him the franchise tag. I don't know, but it just feels like there's a lot of question marks. And then you go back to Joe Burrow's health, which not to call him injury prone. We never like to use that phrase to describe players because it hasn't been the same types of injuries over and over again, but availability is super key. And, you know, it, I don't know. It, it, well, Joe Burrow, he's a tough one to crack, baby. Yeah. And there's also some issues on the offensive line. Jonah Williams, the right tackle, he is scheduled to become a free agent. I even look at this beyond just 2024. It doesn't feel like they're going to be able to keep Jamar Chase and T. Higgins long-term. They might be able to franchise Higgins for a year and then let him walk. But that part of it doesn't worry me as much as the injury history does because it's 
it's really extensive now between the torn ACL as a rookie, the calf injury that he had this year. Now he's got the, the, the hand injury. That always scares me when you have a quarterback that has a hand injury. And he's always not really been much of a rushing threat. So you're getting most of your production through the air. And if he's going to be losing weapons and the injuries are going to start to rack up, it makes me nervous. I love the player, Kate. He, he He's absolutely amazing to watch when he's, I was just talking to somebody today about the San Francisco game that he had this year where might've been the best quarterback game of the year. I mean, completely dialed in shredded that 49ers defense uh, easily the best game that the Bengals played all season long. A couple of weeks later, he gets hurt. We don't see him again. Uh, right now he's being drafted as QB six uh, just behind Mahomes, hurts Allen, CJ Stroud, Lamar Jackson, but ahead of Justin Herbert, Anthony Richardson, Justin Fields, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Trevor Lawrence. I'm not saying that he should be all the way at the bottom of that tier, but I got to be honest, like QB six feels a little rich to me, but I also know there's as soon as the season starts and he starts playing, we're going to be ranking him as a top five quarterback every single week. So this is why it's so hard for me to figure out what to do with Joe Burrow. I mean, you look at his, his PFF grades and these are what they consider stable metrics per PFF. Since, since, uh, let me see 2020. Okay. Since 2020, uh, his standard drop back grade, 96 percentile grade from a clean pocket, which can be very predictive of their success as a passer, 95th percentile among quarterbacks, mm -hmm. uh, on plays without play action, 98th percentile, uh, throws at or beyond the sticks, 98th percentile, like Joe Burrow is a very good quarterback, and that is not at all what we're questioning here. It's just can his value as a fantasy asset be, you know, overcome all of these different obstacles that I think Joe Burrow is going to have to overcome this year and potentially beyond. Yeah. So where are where do you feel comfortable ranking him? Because I'm going to keep mentioning this uh, quarterback six in dynasty right now. Is that about right, or what are you thinking? So you mentioned that that tier of players that have been drafted right right behind, and I I think the way that you phrased this was I, like I think this is an appropriate tier for Joe Burrow. My question is, does he deserve to be at the top of that tier? He's 27 years old, so like Justin Herbert, for instance, two years younger than Joe Burrow. And, you know, obviously there's a lot in flux here with the LA chargers and, mm -hmm. you know, questions about what this offense is going to look like under Jim Harbaugh. Like again, a million questions, but you look at Anthony Richardson, 21 years old, also has health concerns, but a ton of upside there. You look at Justin Fields, also a ton of question marks, but a ton of upside. Like I'm just not sure if Joe Burrow should be leading the pack though. That does feel like the appropriate tier for him to be ranked in. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm really curious to see what this offense looks like as we go into the summer. Do they bring back T Higgins? I wouldn't even be surprised, Kate, if they draft a receiver kind of early. One of the things this offense really, they just don't have a speed. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they move on from T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, or maybe they try to franchise Higgins and let go of Boyd. So they don't lose all this talent at one time. I also think the tight end position could use an upgrade. I'm not sure how they accomplish that. Uh, maybe they try to get a tight end in free agency. We shall see. But I fully expect this offense to look completely different by the time we get to May and June. 
And maybe then we can start to reevaluate where we are with Joe Burrow. All right, Kay, let's move to some receivers that we have some questions about going into the spring. We will get to Christian Watson of the Green Bay Packers next. This episode is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder and the 2024 Nissan Armada. Take the, uh, the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Kate, I want to mention Christian Watson to you because I was going through some Dynasty League ADP this morning and I saw that Christian Watson, wide receiver 30, 56 overall in terms of the ADP. And I don't know how to feel about it because on one hand, how many six foot four receivers that are 24 years old that can run a 4-3 that are tied to what we think is going to be an elite quarterback are out there. We've seen the upside, right? And we really haven't even seen it with a healthy or with a with Jordan Love playing. What what could he potentially look like in 2024, 2025 and beyond? Well, we also have this nagging hamstring injury where he just can't stay on the field for more than a few games at a time. I I have no idea what to do with Christian Watson and for me he's somebody that I've been just avoiding in my dynasty leagues. Yeah, I I actually have a, a pretty similar sentiment here. So, you know, you look at his involvement when he's been on the field, and it's really hard to kind of gauge his actual involvement for a full game because even when he's playing, Marcus, feels like he's always leaving with injury, which is so, so hard. Um, you know, averaging 5.2 targets per game, but again, leaving a lot of those games early. He's only played 23 games in his career, which – Marcus, I'll remind you, is only uh, seven more games than Rashi Rice has played in, in his regular season career. I'm just saying, um, it, you know, one of the most valuable traits here is is availability. And Rashi Rice uh, has that down. Um, I'm just I'm just here to say. But all that being said, he's got 12 receiving touchdowns, despite the fact that he's been on the field in a very limited fashion. He's mm. averaging 15 yards per reception, which among wide receivers with a hundred plus targets over the last two years, that ranks 14th among those wide receivers. He's very efficient when he's on the field, but 
here's the thing. I don't think he's ever, you know, if you're in a standard league, I think Christian Watson holds a lot more value. So standard being a non PPR league. If you're in a half PPR or especially a full PPR league, I don't think Christian Watson's efficiency and his lack of consistent availability is doing you any favors. Like, I'll forego the upside of Christian Watson in leagues where I'm being rewarded for points per reception because I, I just don't know that there's going to be enough to go around to make Christian Watson's upside worth it. I don't know that there's going to be enough to garnish a safe floor. Now, we saw this year when he's not on the field, they have no problem finding other receiving options. And I think that it's kind of an eye-opening thing to see Jordan Love executing this offense. I think he's going to be better when Christian Watson is on the field, but I don't know that Christian Watson has really carved himself out a spot as this top receiver. And we saw this year, this is a very competitive receiving group and a very talented and deep receiving group that they have, albeit young. I'll be honest. I just don't know what to do with any of these Packers receivers, not only Christian Watson, but Jaden Reed being drafted as wide receiver 26. Uh, Dontavian Wicks is somebody who played well at the end of the year. Bo Melton even got some targets. Uh, they have the two tight ends, uh, Musgrave and Kraft. To me, it just feels like this entire offense outside of Jordan Love and Aaron Jones is really in flux. And we're just kind of waiting for things to, you know, settle down and find out which guys that Jordan Love is really going to trust in this offense. And it makes it really hard to go all in on one or two of these players because maybe the the idea for Matt LaFleur is we're just going to use a bunch of different weapons and you're never going to be able to key on one player. I think that's a good strategy in theory. It hardly works that way. Eventually, when you get into big games, you've got to find like the two guys that you trust and just target the crap out of them. I just don't know who that's going to be yet. Yeah, and I, I don't know if Jordan Love knows who it's going to be no. yet because he hasn't had the opportunity to play with all of these receivers healthy and on the field at the same time long enough to really establish any kind of pattern, at least for us. Uh, maybe we get some tips in the offseason. We hear that Jordan Love's working out with one of the wide receivers and not the other. Like maybe we can weed, read through the weeds there. But I think right now the answer to which, you know, Packers wide receiver you want to roster is probably whichever one's cheapest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, Jaden Reed, obviously one of the, the top of the list here. But Christian Watson, I don't know that his price tag has has dropped low enough for me to invest in based on a the volatility b the injury concerns i mean there was there was one game marcus that uh christian watson left and i'm i'm having trouble remember remembering which game this was because there have been so many hmm. um but it, when he was exiting the game you know they give that that injury designation there it said like christian watson questionable with concussion back and rib injuries uh and hamstring it was i'm paraphrasing here but in short it was a disaster and that kind of that tweet summed up the entire season for christian watson for me so yeah I'm, i think it was i think it was back neck hamstring finger like i giggled and not to say i'm giggling at his pain but i giggled because how I, I, you might as well just put body, right? I body. mean, that's, yeah. Um, I, Ouchies. I, 
I have no idea what to do with Christian Watson. I'm going to name some of the receivers that are being drafted behind him. And this is what makes it hard because when I look at these players, none of them make me all that excited to say, absolutely, I'm banging the table. I'm taking them over Christian Watson. Calvin Ridley, wide receiver 31. Ugh. Amari Cooper, wide receiver 32. I'll take Amari Cooper all day. Yeah, I, I lean that way as well. Now, Amari... Same kind of thing, right? Like Amari has been one of these players over the course of his career where a lot of different nagging injuries, doesn't miss a ton of games, did miss a couple this year, um, is 29 years old. Mike Evans, wide receiver 33. Mike Evans. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 34. Terry McLaurin. Josh Downs, wide receiver 35. Mm, That's where we're getting interesting. I'll still probably take Josh Downs. Christian Kirk, wide receiver 36. Christian Kirk. Chris Godwin, wide receiver 37. Chris Godwin. Jamison Williams, wide receiver 38. Let's go, JMO. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 39. Deontay Johnson. We're going to keep going. Keenan Allen, wide receiver 40. Tear break. Yep, I agree. That's that is certainly a tear break for me. I probably would have Watson a little bit higher because once you start getting into Ridley 29, Cooper 29, Evans 30, Terry McLaurin 28. I don't know if I want to be on the the downslope there. I think I would rather just gamble on the age. But Watson, really, really tough player to figure out right now in your dynasty leagues. Another receiver, this one, a little bit of, of an aging receiver who I didn't mention, Stephon Diggs, wide or age 30, could be on the move this offseason, Kate. What do we think about Stephon Diggs moving forward? We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move that I can make that'll take my business to the next level? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have this many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats right now and might not have the time or the resources to hire Thankfully, with LinkedIn, that process is so quick and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That is ordering in time. Two-minute warning. You got it. That is your cue to order in. Whenever the game clock stops, that's the time to order in with DoorDash. Order pizza, wings, sodas, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all the tailgate gear on DoorDash and then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. That is 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app 
and enter promo code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. On today's show, we are breaking down the players that are the hardest for us to evaluate in our dynasty leagues. And Kate, we are up to your guy, Stephon Diggs, wide receiver 27. Why is he so difficult for you to figure out? There are a million reasons it is so hard for me to figure out what to do with Stephon Diggs. So first of all, there is the situation, Marcus, maybe you can share a little bit about this. Tell me about the likelihood of Stefan Diggs being a Buffalo Bill in 2024. It's really hard because it it's it's difficult to move him because of how much guaranteed money is still left on his deal. But if we kind of just big picture some stuff, if you remember the game against the Bengals last year in the playoffs, him and Josh Allen uh, got into a little argument on the sideline. Stefan Diggs didn't show up to some of the offseason work. Uh, There was some stuff about whether he was going to show up to training camp or not. Goes in, starts the year off extremely hot, right? Extremely good. A bunch of 100-yard receiving games. And then in the second half of the season, absent. And then in the biggest game of the year against the Chiefs, doesn't really do anything. First play of the game, he actually fumbles. The Bills were lucky to recover the fumble there. And then on the big throw that Josh Allen had down the sideline, he drops it. Um... Buffalo is kind of a no-nonsense town when it comes to their football team. They don't like to put up with extracurricular activities, uh, (laughs) is I guess the best way to put it. I've got to believe that Sean McDermott, who is very much into the culture of the Buffalo Bills, is going to want to move on from Stephon Diggs. Um, I don't know how they do that, though. I I don't know if they have to eat some money. I don't know if they try to get him to agree to a new deal on a new team. But I would say if if I'm betting right now, I don't think he's a Buffalo Bill in 2024. So that is the first big question mark, right? This is a situation that I think is going to continue to evolve all offseason long. And I don't know that we're going to have an answer here for a long time about what is going to happen with Stefan Diggs and his future with the Bills. And, you know, Based, it, it's largely dependent on how the Bills can figure out how to move on from him as to whether or not another team is going to be willing to buy in to the value of Stefan Diggs. Now, we also have the situation you mentioned the very hot start for the year to Stefan Diggs. This is actually the second season that Stefan Diggs got off to a blazing hot start. So in the first six weeks of the season, over the last two years combined, Stefan Diggs has averaged a incredible, incredible 24 fantasy points per game in full PPR formats, which is ridiculous. In the 12-game span, uh, those six games in each season combined, Stefan Diggs has totaled just under 100 catches, just under 1300 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns wow. in six ga- or in 12 games like that he he was producing at a ridiculous rate now in both of those seasons we've actually seen a big time decline in his second half of the season production you look at fantasy points per game that 24 fantasy points per game that he has averaged for through the first 6 weeks of the last two seasons drops to 14 fantasy points per game in full PPR formats. We saw a huge drop off in his touchdown production in his uh, yards per reception dropped from 12.7 yards per reception this year through the first six weeks down to 9.7 yards per reception. Um, Just 
I'm having trouble figuring out what it is exactly that's perpetuating these second half drop-offs. And I do think that identifying a root cause of that lack of production is also probably going to be key to your evaluation of him and dynasty. And then there's the age factor, which we haven't even talked about. He's an aging wide receiver. Like all of that combined, it's very hard to rank him low because you know the upside, but it's really hard to buy into Stefan Diggs as a potential value when there are this many question marks on board. And I think there's a really good chance that where wherever he gets traded to, he's going to just get a million targets. And we know how valuable targets are. So, I mean, I, there, there's a dozen teams in the league that could use his services and instantly give him 140 targets. And he's right back to being a top 20 wide receiver every week. But I also wonder, Kate, I, I think as he's starting to age a little bit, what you're seeing is he just has a hard time playing through injuries. And I think that's what happened this year. I think there was some pretty clearly some foot things going on with Stefan Diggs. He's just unable to, to produce when he's dealing with a minor or even a somewhat major injury. Um, and that's not uncommon for players as they age. So we'll see with Stefan Diggs. He does. He is 30 years old. He is still under contract with the Buffalo Bills. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the case for very much longer. Yeah. Makes it very, very hard to figure out what in the world to do. And Marcus, I think in general, so the question is not like really where we're ranking these players in dynasty, but like all of the players that we've talked about today, if I'm in a dynasty startup draft, they're probably just players I'm passing on. Not yeah, there, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with the question mark unless they fall well past the ranges that we've discussed them in. I I think I'm probably out on all these guys, at least in a dynasty startup for the time being. All right. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for tuning in and downloading the podcast where you can get your locked on dynasty podcast, wherever you get your podcast on Monday show, we are breaking down the pro bowl. No, we're not doing that. (laughs) We're not breaking down the pro bowl in the skills game dodgeball. Uh, We're going to have a lot of dynasty content. Uh, we're going to start some team previews uh, soon. We're going to start start some draft profiles soon as we get you ready for the 2024 NFL draft. So make sure you are checking those out. Go check out the YouTube channel. We post videos every single day over there. Kate does an awesome job with the shorts. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Have a great weekend, and we will see you right back here on Monday.